Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I almost didn't bother myself. <laughs> yeah. Can anybody remember what I was saying? Oh, well done, Tobin. Well done. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, so I'm going to be looking at a, a couple of passages uh, in Nehemiah and in, in Luke this morning. Um, uh, for those of you who don't know, I, I run a, a group here on a, on a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday afternoon, so it's for, it's for people that are residents within good soil, and it's uh, uh, also for people who come to the cafe. And it, it, you know, I, I think I want to open that out a little bit more. It's called Popeye, and, uh, which is P-O-P-I, which means pressing on and pressing in to the things of God. And there's a little bit of a link to the old uh, cartoon which uh, we probably can't uh, uh, watch these days. It's probably banned for various different reasons. But it's, it's about pressing on and pressing in with God. And uh, we, we've been looking at the, um, the walls and the gates of Jerusalem in the book of Nehemiah. And Nehemiah is a great book. And uh, I just think there's so much in there for us at the moment um, about building. We finished a building, and um, I'm interested in the building, folks. But we've got to start building right now. And it's building, building the church, okay, um, to represent Jesus in this place where we're at. Okay? And that's what we're going to start building. Forget the building. That was all yesterday. Let's start building now and look at how we are to build. Because in Nehemiah, you see that Jerusalem was, was absolutely in ruins. Okay? The city walls were down. And the place was a mess. Okay? And what was the significance of Jerusalem? I mean, it was the centre of the nation of Israel. They used to go there for, for their feasts uh, several times a year. It was the centre of their worship. And it was a dwelling place of God's presence. Jerusalem was an important part for the children of Israel. Okay? And I've got a, a couple of psalms here. Uh, Psalm 125. I can find it. Says, says this, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem built as a city that bound firmly together, to which tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord. Okay, then it talks about the peace of Jerusalem. And in Psalm 125, it talks about those who trust in the Lord allow Mount Zion, which cannot be moved but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people. Okay, and Jerusalem was really important. You know, that's where God's redeemed people were to represent the nations. Look at Jerusalem. And they, see, they saw it at that time as a place that was knackered. And I wonder what people looking at the church in the UK see today and I have to say it's probably a bit of a weak church okay and I want to say to you as Christians you are redeemed to represent okay and Nehemiah his, he was uh, given something a prompting for the Lord to rebuild that city okay to be a beacon to other nations all right? So people would look at Jerusalem and think, wow, look at that place. We want people to be looking at us, this place, and thinking, wow, what have they got? What have they got? Yeah? 
bit of enthusiasm. Okay. And there's a stirring within us, isn't there? I think there's been a real stirring within us um, uh, and a prompting from the Lord for us to be reaching out a bit. Okay. John mentioned the other day that prophetic song, I Sing Jesus, okay, which is talking about the healing power of God. Okay. The healing power of God, the power of God moving in and amongst people. And that's, that's through you and me. Okay. Not in this building, but outside of it. Okay. And for people to, to, to meet with the living Jesus. Okay. That's, that's what it's all about. You know, I run a housing project at Good Soil. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not interested in housing. I'm not particularly interested in farming. I want to see people's lives changed by the power of God. Okay? I provide housing, and we give things people to do. But it's, it's about people meeting <coughs> Almighty God and being changed. That's what it's about. And I, 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 I've had this word, this, um, this psalm on my, on my heart for, for several weeks now, probably about six weeks. And I, I've, I was going to come out at one point, but I never did come out. To, to read it, but I think this is for us. It says this, Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing the praises to our God, for it is pleasant and a song of praise is fitting, which is brilliant, because we do praise here. And it says this, The Lord builds up Jerusalem. And the Lord wants to build this place up. He wants to build you and me up. Okay? He wants to build us up. He wants to gather the outcasts of Israel... He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of stars. He gives to all them their names. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. The Lord lifts the humble. He casts the wicked to the ground. Okay? So the Lord wants to raise up Jerusalem. The Lord wants to raise us up here as Hope Church. Why? To look outward, to gather the outcasts, okay? To heal the brokenhearted, to bind up their wounds. And I want to say to you, if you're in this church today with wounds, okay, and you're brokenhearted, you're in the right place. You're in the right place because God wants to do a work in you and bring and restore you. And you can't do that any other way except through the power of God, and the awesomeness of God. And I, I want to say, that's what I want to see. And folks, I want to challenge us today. We've been hearing that word. What's next? What's next? Because we can't just keep sitting on our backsides doing nothing and saying, God's speaking. Woohoo! God's speaking. Because if we do nothing, it'll mean nothing. And God's power is there waiting for us as we move out. His power is with us. Okay? That's exciting. For me, anyway. Oh, I need to go to a livelier church, I think. <laughs> that was a joke. Don't take that to heart, please. So Nehemiah. Who was Nehemiah? Nehemiah. He wasn't a king. He wasn't a prince. He wasn't a prophet. He was a layman. Okay? He was just like you. Just like you. Just like me. Okay? All right? And what did God do to him? God said, you're my divine steward... I'm giving you an activity and an action. Wow. Okay? To an ordinary bloke. To an ordinary bloke. And he said, I'm instructing you to turn this broken city into light for the nations again. 
Wow. Okay? Just a normal bloke. Other people have tried, failed, but here's Nehemiah, and he's going to do it. And there's some real principles in this for us. And uh, principles of discipleship, principles that we see Nehemiah take, and there's some principles that we're doing. But this isn't a full list, it's just something. Okay, so we've got Nehemiah here, and I'm going to go through the whole book of Nehemiah today. And I'm taking probably a verse from most, most of the chapters and I couldn't give a monkeys about the 11.15 service, okay? And I've had a fire drill, <laughs> so, okay. The first thing that happened is they prayed. Nehemiah prayed, and he said, you know, in verse 4 of Nehemiah, it said he prayed night and day for four months, okay? And in that prayer, he mourned and wept, okay? There was a stirring in him. Okay, it was authentic prayer. It wasn't pitter-patter rubbish. It was real stuff. Real stuff for him. And folks, we've got to be authentic. We've got to get real. Okay, real of who we are and real about who God is. Okay, and I want to encourage us. We're having 24 hours of prayer. And I, I want to encourage us in that. And uh, those slots get filled up. I haven't been to one of those slots on my own. But I, but I can tell you, I really enjoy meeting together to pray. Where all of us meet together. And I'll, I'll look at that a, l- a little bit later. But in verse 5, we pray to a great and awesome God. So when it says great, it means it supersedes normal. Okay? Do you understand what that means? What does it mean? just said yes Tobin you're in trouble now aren't you <laughs> it's greater than, than than our normal it's supernatural of God and it's you know that's what I want to be tapping into that we step into the awesomeness of God okay and I want us to be praying together I really want us to be praying together where we hear the heart of one another you know, so I've been to the encounter where we've had the 24 hours, and I, I, I suggest this, between 6 and 11, let's all to come together, and let's have freedom praying. We had a great prayer, prayer time last time, didn't we? And it's, it's enjoyable hearing brothers and sisters in the same church pray, okay? I heard people pray that I'd never heard pray, and I just saw a glimpse of their heart. I think, bring that on. I need to hear that. I want to hear you. And I want to hear what our heart's all about. Okay? I was also been looking at Luke. I've gone into Luke because Brian wants a little bit of New Testament as well, he said this morning. So we've got a little bit of New Testament for you, Brian. Okay? Okay. Luke 11 talks about uh, the disciples seeing Jesus teach us to pray. Now, they weren't asking Jesus, can you teach us how to pray? They were looking at Jesus, praying, and they were inspired by him. Can I ask you, have you ever been inspired by somebody praying? You have. It's not often, is it? <laughs> it could be. Rachel, Rachel goes to greater places than I do. But, but I don't want the pitter-patter. I want real prayer. It'd be great to see real prayer where we're inspiring one another in prayer. I've got to make room for that. John, you're the only elder. Oh, two elders here. You're going to have it both barrels, you two today. Okay? Let's, let's get together where we pray, where, we, where we're inspired to pray by one another. 
Okay? Didn't say Jesus teaches how to pray. They were looking at him praying in, in, in difficult situations and thinking, wow, look at him. Teach us to do that. When we mention a prayer meeting in the Western, everybody's shoulders drop. Oh, the prayer meeting. Let's get inspired by that. Lord, drop everything. Drop our, our, what we're thinking, our agendas, and Lord, move amongst us as a group. Let's just have freedom, okay, of Holy Spirit, take this. Okay, take us. We're here. Okay? If you go on on that chapter there, it says, verse, uh, in 11, verse 13, it says, If then, who are evil... Uh, know how to give good gifts how much more will the heavenly father give the holy spirit to those who ask him receiving the holy spirit is essential that's the highest form of prayer you can get lord i want to receive from you often we have that <laughs> but but it's it's got to there's got to be a flow of it coming back lord we want to we want to receive from you we want to receive from you lord Okay? It's about obtaining from God. Go over to verse 27. This is interesting. In the same chapter, it's all talking about prayer. And he said these things. A woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you. This is to Jesus. And the breast which nursed you. But he said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Now I've got four children. Okay? I had the first. And then we, we had the second. And then I, I quickly realised that my role in when we had the second child was that Fran was nursing um, number two, breastfeeding, looking after that. I didn't really probably get a look in in the first, first um, three or four months. I was looking after the older one while she was nursing that little one. Okay, and the bond between the mother and the child. And then number three came along before came along and then I it was it was really hard work for me <laughs> and I had to say Fran that's enough now <laughs> because uh, you know as I was looking after the three she was nursing the fourth okay and there is a real I mean I, I'm not a woman and I don't know what that bond is but I know it's a close bond especially in those first months and this woman is screaming out to Jesus blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts that nursed you and Jesus is more or less saying, there's a greater relationship than that. And it's my relationship, the Holy Spirit, with you. <laughs> Ooh. That's big, that is, isn't it? Okay? That is big. A, a closer relationship. That's our relationship with the Spirit of God. Not just initially, oh, I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. But continually, day to day, minute by minute, hour by hour. Lord, give me your spirit. Living by the spirit, not the flesh. Talked about that the other day, weren't we? I want to be living by the spirit. Okay, continually. And why do we live by the spirit? This is where I think sometimes we're, we get it wrong. A lot of that is about witness. Unfortunately, with the Holy Spirit, we've, be, we've become like drug users and made it about self. It's about witness. It's about looking out. It's about empowering you to move and be where you are. Redeemed to... Oh, John, that was nice. That was a... <laughs> Redeemed to represent wherever you are. I'm not telling you where to represent, but I'm telling you to represent in the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, and I love it that we're, we're having 24 hours of prayer, 
But that's got to be the centre of who we are. Let's get together, let's pray, and let's seek what God wants to say. Okay? And let's shut up about what you want, him to, what you want to say to him. Let's hear what God wants to say to us. Bring that on. Okay? And then when, when we've got that, let's move in it. Let's move in it. Okay. Sorry, Brian, that's the New Testament done. Back to the old. <laughs> Couldn't stay there too long, Brian. All right. <laughs> okay. Nehemiah, wherever that's gone. It's moved. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. So basically, and also I want to say this to you as well. I want to say this to you because this is really important. When it talks about praying to God, the awesome God, there's a, there's a couple of verses which I want to say. Confessing sins. Now, we're not, I don't think we're very, necessarily very good at this. But it's good for us to confess as well. Because we get things wrong. And confessional time is really important. He said that. Now, I've been to many different churches, okay? And there's the churches where we're not, we're not good enough. And then we can get to the charismatic churches where we think, woohoo, we're cool, we can do anything we like. God's grace is amazing. It is, but we have to learn, don't we? And think, Lord, I've messed up again. Come to him. Fill us with your Holy Spirit again. Let's not get casual with this, with the redeeming power of God. Don't ever get casual with it. But, but come to him. And it says here, he's, he's telling us in verse 9 of verse, the chapter 1, return to me. You know, and why we think we're so great when, when Jerusalem fell. Those were God's people. They fell. They were taken over because they went elsewhere. They were looking at other things, worshipped other gods, went elsewhere. Return to me, God is saying. Return to me. Stay, stay fixed on me. Okay. Right, so that's prayer. Oh, another six points. No, no, okay. Right, the next one is welfare of people. I want to say this, that Nehemiah went... Uh, sorry, let me just re- look at the response of prayer for Nehemiah. When Nehemiah prayed, there were three things that happened to him. He wasn't living in Jerusalem, but the king allowed him leave to go. Okay? He allowed him leave. And I, I want to say this as well in, in the verse as well. He said, God had put this into my heart to, do, to go to Jerusalem. God had put it in his heart. Okay? And... He, the king allowed him to go, and the king even financed it. Those were the results of Nehemiah's prayer. Okay? Absolutely phenomenal. And he was able to go to Jerusalem saying, the Lord has put this in my heart. That's prayer. I know God's spoken, and he hasn't just spoken to me individually. I've heard it corporately through people praying with me that he's put it on my heart. I can go in the strength of God knowing this is where I'm supposed to be. Okay, next, next one. We're going to chapter 2. Very quickly, just a, a bit that uh, came to me here. He went to Jerusalem to seek the welfare of the people of Israel. Now, in Good Soil, I've been, I've been looking for a title for a long, long time of, you know, support worker, which is a bit boring, and, uh, you know, and, uh, and, and I read this, I read this uh, passage, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm almost... Dropping on the welfare coach. Okay? A WC. <laughs> okay? And, and the welfare was important to, to, um, to Nehemiah, to see the welfare of people. 
Are you bothered about the welfare of people? Because you must be. Okay? I was, uh, I was thinking about being a bit, uh, a bit challenging here. But I'd, I'd like to go around to something. I won't do it, folks. Just calm down. It's not going to happen. I'd like to go around some of the new folks in this church and say, have you been to anybody's house? And I bet you the answer is, no, I haven't. Okay? We've got people coming in this church. Are you bothered about the welfare of people? Because I'll tell you what that is. It's a move of the Holy Spirit. When you're concerned about others, not yourself. And one of the greatest problems in the Western church at the moment is selfishness. And us thinking about self, self, self. And I want you to encourage you to think about other people, approach other people in the power of the Holy Spirit. You are redeemed to represent. And I feel quite strongly about this, that we're not caring about the welfare of people. There can be people in this church, right, who are really, really struggling. And they come in week in, week out, and nothing happens to them. Okay? Sometimes they've got to reach out. But are you looking at people? Holy Spirit, reveal somebody to me today to speak to and encourage. Or are you on your own agenda? Because that's what church has become, I'm afraid. Own agendas. And it's shocking. It is really shocking. Hey, I went to church today. Yeah, Dave did all right. Quite enjoyed the sermon. Yeah, went home, had some dinner. That was church done for me today. Cool. Self-absorbed. All about you. Have we got welfare for people? Do we care about people? I, I'll be honest with you. I can look at some people today and can see they're a bit down in some respects. And I've... I've got, to start, I've got to start doing some stuff myself. Are you okay? The Lord's putting you on my heart. Okay? That can begin in the church. When you start doing that in the church, it starts happening outside, in your jobs, in what you do. Are you okay? It starts with the compassion. And that's a Holy Spirit thing. Okay? And people are saying, come Holy Spirit upon me, what for? to encourage you to get out and do some stuff. Is that all right? Got a bit quiet. <laughs> Any thoughts with that? I'll move on. <laughs> and, I, you know, it's... I just love that. It him greatly that someone had come to seek the welfare of the people of Israel. Nehemiah had gone to see the welfare of people. He loved people. <laughs> And when you see Jesus in the New Testament, Brian, what's he doing? He's rocking around and he's loving people. He's loving people. He got on a, he got on a boat to go and meet a complete nutter who was chained up in graves. He, that's, that's why he went. He went there and he left. That's what he was like. Nehemiah Two verse 17 it said then I said to them you see the trouble we are in and how Jerusalem lies in ruins with its gates burned come let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may longer, no longer suffer derision and I told them that the hand of my God that had been upon me for good goes on let us rise up and build 
Are you getting that? Let us rise up and build. Are you up for that? I'll take Rachel with me everywhere I preach. <laughs> okay, let's rise up and build. This building project is over. Let's don't talk about the building anymore. Let's talk about what we're doing. And building is a community of people. And we're a community of knackered people, okay, who are broken and burned, but we've been redeemed by Jesus to do a work. So we're no better than anybody else. We're just redeemed to represent him. This is what I was. This is who I am now. Amazing gospel message. Okay? But I want to... We're going on to chapter 3. Don't worry. There's... Uh, I don't know how many chapters... I'm not doing all the chapters anyway. But when he repairs the gates, first of all, there was a sheep gate. And the sheep gate... Do you know what came in through the, the, the sheep gate? Sheep. sheep. Brilliant. You're so <laughs> clever, you people. And the sheep gate, that's where all the sacrifices were done. That speaks of the sacrifice of Jesus. Okay? There were, if you read it, I'll tell you to read it in your own time, there were no bolts and bars on that gate. And it was, re- it was repaired, repaired by the high priest. Okay? And it talks about the graciousness of Jesus, the final sacrifice. Okay? That he is the ultimate sacrifice for us by which we are saved. So all these gates and, uh, speak of the gospel message. Second gate was the fish gate. What came in through the fish gate? Fish, brilliant. Okay, all right. And that speaks of us being fishers of men. Fishers of men. Because we're redeemed, we think, heck, brilliant. Let's go and reach out to people. I will make you fishers of men, it says in the New Testament, Brian. Okay? But then read this. And next to them, the uh, Tekazites, whatever they're called, repaired but their nobles would not stoop to serve their Lord. Ooh. But their nobles wouldn't stoop to serve the Lord in repairing the fish gate. That's quite damning, isn't it? We've been redeemed. We've been rescued by the mighty hand of God, but they're refusing to get their hands dirty to repair the fish gate. I was quite surprised that the fish gate was so early. There's lots of others. There's Valley Gate, Dungate, all those sorts of gates. But the fish gate, the nobles didn't want to get their hands dirty. Okay? That's quite, it's quite something, isn't it? Leave it there. Okay? Because the enemy, the enemy to, to representing is apathy and not remembering we don't remember when we're saved we start looking after other things looking after other gods, other, other interests because we've forgotten the goodness of God rescuing us, so we go and do other things ring any bells? yeah, it does with me so the importance of remembering and not being apathetic is really important I'm almost there folks, I'm almost there I think I hadn't quite finished the preparation off so I didn't know where I was going to finish <laughs> But there was some, the, the, the last thing is, so when, when I'm talking about discipleship, I suppose I'm talking about us praying, I'm talking about us having a welfare for people. Okay? And the other thing is you're going to have opposition. You're going to have opposition. In chapter 4 it says this, And he said in the presence of his brothers, uh, this is, What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore it for themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they finish up in a day? 
Will they revive the stones out of the, out of the heaps of rubbish and the burnt ones? Okay? So you've got these burnt... Um, what does it say? Uh, you've got these heaps of rubbish and burnt stones, and then the, the enemies of Jerusalem are mocking them. Okay? And I think to myself, I'll be honest with you, I don't think we've got that many enemies today, but our greatest enemy is our thoughts. Okay? And believing, not the Holy Spirit. So when you're, when you're, when you're talked about <laughs> you're feeble, you're burnt, you're a heap of rubbish, those were the very things that were used to build the walls of Jerusalem. <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? Okay? So I don't care how broken you are, God wants to use you wants to meet you, he wants to restore you, he wants to redeem you, and he wants to use you. One of the most amazing things of the gospel. And if you're sat there today thinking that can't be true, you're right, because normally it isn't true. But we're talking about a great God who is above normal. So it is true. And it's about us believing that. And you know, when you think of Jesus... He was the stone that people rejected. And yet, look what he did. Okay? So, so I want in our thoughts that you're not good enough. You're not this, you're not that. Nehemiah was a layman who God gave a divine activity to and said, come on, I've got work for you to do. Let's get going. My power is with you. And if you read the rest of Nehemiah, what a... What a great book Nehemiah is. I could have done a whole series on Nehemiah, but um, yeah, I, I yeah, don't know what the answer to that is. <laughs> One day, yeah. Okay. Um, and what, what happened? Just want to say a couple of things about building the wall. Those who were building the wall, carried burdens, were loaded in such a way that each laboured on the work with one hand and held a weapon in his other. So the trowel in one hand and a sword in the other. Okay? What a great picture for us today. There may not be many people who've got trowels. Just think of what your, what your, uh, what your uh, work tool is. It's no longer a cane, is it? But, uh, <laughs> sorry? <laughs> no, not allowed that now. So, so uh, I'm a bit, bit old school. <laughs> um, so, so whatever that is, whatever role you've got, okay, that's in your one hand and you've got the sword in your other and let's start building because what we've done in the church is we've made we've made serving inward inward and it, it's it's I, I struggle with that a little bit I'm going to go I'm going to upset people here I think sometimes the welcome teams are the worst things you can do because what people do then say oh the welcome team I don't have to do anything do you have to do that you welcome those people means I don't have to talk to them okay terrible we should all be doing that all of us okay and we're creating roles for people so that we don't have to do anything terrible pick up your weapon whatever your tool (laughs) and your sword and let's get building and building outside of the church wherever you are in a village today with hymns and pims. I think we might all be going over by the sounds. <laughs> I don't think many people have come. Well, I think uh, 40 from here ago. <laughs> but, but 
But it's, it's, it's really important, and I want, I want you to think on that. You're, you're redeemed to represent him. Okay, and there's going to be a fight, just, just from verse, uh, chapter 4 as well. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, your homes. And then later on in the same, it says, God will fight for us. When we fight in prayer, God will fight for us. So, so these people were building this wall, and they could have been destroyed easily. But because of their prayers, God put a fear in the enemies that prevented them attacking. So God was fighting for them at the same point. Okay? God's fighting for you. If we engage with him. 52 days, that war was finished. Cool, we should have had them on this building project, shouldn't we? <laughs> That was a joke, if anybody's here and offended by that, okay? This work had been accomplished with the help of our God. Accomplished with the help of our God. I think sometimes we accomplish stuff without God. (laughs) But let's start thinking, let's accomplish some stuff with the help of God. I saw God in that, God was doing that. That's a God thing, not a Dave thing. And that's that's what I really want to see. And I'll just drop this on. This is uh, chapter 8. This is the end of it. This, I, I just want to say this. And uh, this, is, this, is a, this is a little bit tongue-in-cheek. But it's uh, as well. Ezra started preaching to the people. Started preaching to the people. The word of God. Just reading the word of God. Okay? And people were transformed by the word of God. Just the reading of scripture, people were transformed. Okay? And people were repenting and changing. And I want to encourage you, as well as the Holy Spirit, get into the word of God. Okay? Here's a little thing for you. Not many people here with Bibles. Don't want to get religious on that. Okay? You think... They're all on your phones and stuff. Get your Bibles. Scribble in your Bibles. That's where God will speak to you through. Okay? And uh, I, I remember when I was young, there was, a, there was a bloke at the church I used to go to. He was, a, I've probably said this before, white-haired bloke, flat top, uh, had a big, massive Bible. And I have to say, as a 12-year-old, I really struggled with a bloke. I think, just chill out, man. And he was an evangelist and thinking, he'd ask you questions. I'm thinking, I'm 12, just leave me alone. I want to play football and stuff. And, and I'm turning into him. <laughs> but he had a big Bible. And uh, I, just, I just want to encourage you to get into your Bibles. Okay? Because that's where the Holy Spirit will speak to you as well. Get into it. Bring your Bibles along here. Get them off your phones because you can't. On your phone. I have to say, when I read my Bible, I can see where things are on the page. Do you know what I mean? When I'm looking, I'm thinking, I know where that is. It's on the left-hand side. It's about three-quarters of the way down, and it's there. Bang, there's my highlighter. And get into your words. Get it off your phone. Bin your phones. And get the word of God. And let's hear some rustling of... Is that a bit... Sorry if that's a bit religious to you folks, but I just want to encourage you to get into the word of God, and let's hear the spirit of God. You can't argue with those, can you? <laughs> if you are, I'm, I'm going to a different church. But, um, yeah... My, uh, I think my, my little talk there is over. But I just want to inspire you that you're redeemed to represent. And we need one another. We need one another.
and we need to care for one another. Okay? And I, I encourage you to, to speak to somebody today you don't know. Okay? I'm going to be tired and praying, so I, I won't need anybody speaking to me. <laughs> I'm only joking now. But come and speak to me, by all means. And uh, um, Shall I just pray? Does somebody, does somebody want to pray? <laughs> oh, my goodness, we're in a bad place. Let me pray, okay? All right. 